Farmland Trust, a member-supported nonprofit organization focused on reviving the working landscape and securing a future for farming in Maine. More information on protecting farmland and supporting farmers at mainefarmlandtrust.org. Good morning, and welcome to Common Ground Radio, an hour-long discussion of local food and organic agriculture here in the state of Maine, brought to you by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. My name is C.J. Walk, and I am your host for today's show. Common Ground Radio is a monthly show airing on the first Friday of every month at 10 a.m. here on WERU. So today on Common Ground Radio, we are talking about the Beginning Farmer Resource Network, Uh, known as BFRN, which is a coalition of Maine agriculture agencies and organizations working together to connect aspiring and beginning farmers to resources for farm business success. As a state, Maine continues to have a growing number of new and beginning farmers, and though the average age of Maine farmers is decreasing, not all new farmers are young in age. We see many folks turning to farming for a a change in lifestyle or a change in career, or as a new enterprise in retirement years. Regardless of age or experience, numerous resources exist across the state to help new and beginning farmers succeed in Maine agriculture. So before I get into uh, introducing our guests for today's show, I did want to remind listeners that this is uh, WERU's fundraising week, and if you appreciate programming like Common Ground Radio and the other other great resources here on the station, uh, we appreciate your support. And pledges can be called in on the office line at 469-6600. That's 469-6600. Okay, back to the show today about the Beginning Farmer Resource Network. Uh, I have three guests with me in the studio today, and I'll take a second here to introduce each of them. Um, Sitting here at the table, we have Tori Jackson, and Tori is an extension educator for Agriculture and Natural Resources with UMaine Cooperative Extension. Tori, thanks for being here today. Happy to be here. We also have Tom Kilbasa, who is the Public Affairs Specialist with the USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service, or NRCS. Tom, thanks for being here. Morning, CJ. And then we also have Randy Kinnar. And Randy has a farm, Souter Station Farm in Winterport. And Randy, thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks a lot, CJ. Glad to be here. All right, great. Um, So I'd like to just take a couple minutes to come kind of back around and ask each of you uh, to speak a bit about the work that you do kind of in general, because I'm sure that you do a lot more than just the VFRN Mm -hmm. uh, network pieces. Um, But Tori, I guess I'd start with you. We just want to introduce yourself and some of the work that you do. Sure. I work for University of Maine Cooperative Extension, which is the largest department of the University of Maine based in Orono. I'm a county educator. I cover Androscoggin and Sagatahawk counties primarily, Uh, but I also work statewide in new and beginning farmer education and farm business management. And that's really um, where I spend probably the majority of my time, uh, traveling around the state, working with my colleagues and other extension offices, Uh, but also um, of late working with many of my colleagues uh, involved in the Beginning Farmer Resource Network of Maine. And we're going to get into more of that in a bit, um, but I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it today. All right, great. Thanks for being here. Uh, and Tom, Tom Kilbasa at NRCS, a little bit about the, the work that you do there. Okay, well, I'm a public affairs specialist with NRCS, and uh, the Natural Resources Conservation Service uh, is a part of the USDA, mm-hmm. and we provide voluntary financial and technical assistance for landowners uh, to deal with any natural resource concerns on their property. As far as the BFRN, we're one of the four USDA departments, uh, including the Farm Service Agency, Rural Development, and the National Agricultural Statistics Service that are part of the BFRN here in Maine. Okay. Great. Well, thanks again for being here today. And then uh, Randy Kinnar, Souter Station Farm in Winterport. Um, you're our farmer representative <laughs> on the show here for this morning. So yes. if you want to take a minute and just let us know about uh, kind of your background in, in your farming. Sure. So uh, I raise pigs and chickens, pasture-raised pigs and chickens in Winterport. Um, I've been at it about seven years now. Okay. I don't have any background in agriculture. Uh, I pretty much got out of the military eight years ago mm-hmm. and started farming as a hobby, keeping bees and doing a bunch of other little projects, homesteading kind of stuff. And it's just kind of grown from there where 
Uh, now it's providing about half of my living income, mm-hmm. and it's continuing to grow, and I'm loving it. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks again to everyone for being here. Um, so I guess I wanted to start kind of with just maybe the historical piece about the BFRN. Um, and Tori, maybe I'd look to you to sure. um, give a little background first about kind of what brought it all together. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so back in 2012, uh, we did an activity um, called Reading the Farm uh, that was a funded uh SARE, which stands for Sustainable Ag Research and Education, Mm -hmm. funded uh, project. Ellen Mallory, also at the University of Maine, headed up that project. And essentially, it was bringing together uh, farm and ag service providers from around the state to do a two-day intensive working with the farmers and trying to help them in any way that they needed it at that time. Mm -hmm. And it was a great project, really fun to be working on at the time. But at the end of the second day, we were all sitting around the room thinking, why don't we do this all the time? I had such an excellent experience and learned so much, maybe even more than the farmer, Mm -hmm. um, just from working with with the colleagues that I didn't know I had necessarily. Um, So from uh, the end of that training in 2012 uh, until now, we have uh, formalized a little bit and decided to be, you know, a network that meets regularly, that keeps each other informed of the kind of programming and things that we have going on. And uh, we actually have a a website and a training that we offer at the Ag Trade Show every year too. So every year it grows a little bit. Okay. All right. And then kind of, bringing all the groups together? Is it kind of like a formal partnership or is it more informal or just recognizing that you're all looking to help farmers and agriculture? It's definitely a loose network. Uh, There's very little formality to it except what we've committed to do. So basically the only thing you need to do Uh, to be a member is to have a a major part of your mission be working with farmers and beginning farmers Mm -hmm. and commit to attending the meetings and potentially uh, serving in a leadership capacity at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, So our meetings are uh, quarterly and we move them around the state. So every time we meet, it's usually in a different location, uh, someone else's office. Uh, Next Friday, for example, we'll be at the Unity Food Hub. Uh, So in addition to getting together to meet, we get to learn about a new office or venue. And we also have professional development that happens at each of the meetings Mm -hmm. where we have presentations from members, potential members or others, such as the Maine Cheese Guild came in to give us a talk just to bring everyone up to speed on what's happening in in their world. Okay. Good. Seems like a lot of education sharing. Yeah, and that's that's really the whole point is professional development Uh uh, for our members is really the, the first goal. Okay. Great, right. And then, Tom, I asked you on the NRCS side of things, um, is there – I mean, I can see the NRCS's involvement with technical assistance for farmers. Um, how long have you been kind of working with the network? I've been with the network about two years. Okay. And, uh, you know, when I first got here, I wasn't, wasn't quite sure about the network. Uh, coming from federal agency, we're very structured, we're yeah. very formalized – and the more I got involved in it, the more I realized that it is, it's that um, non-structure, it's that um, that informal aspect of BFRN that actually helps us, um, I think, be more productive. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what helps um, make more of an impact. We don't have all the hoops to jump through. We can mm-hmm. just go to one another and make recommendations to farmers. And it's, I think that's really the beauty of it. Yeah. So it seems like a good opportunity to learn more about other organizations and agencies um, and being able to direct farmers to those different resources. Definitely. I think I make such much more high-quality referrals now that I truly understand what each of my colleagues does and has to offer mm-hmm. in terms of you know expertise and, and programs. Yep. You know, Cooperative Extension doesn't have money to lend or to grant, but if someone is looking for financing, I know now exactly who people should be talking to yep. in whatever circumstance they're in. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then, Randy, I just want to kind of jump over to you in terms of the farm um, and... I imagine you've been able to access some of the services. Oh, man. As a relatively new beginning farmer. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, CJ, actually, one of the things, uh, and I was just talking to Tori about this before we started, was that I didn't actually realize that the BFRN was its own kind of standalone entity. And I've used a ton of these services. Um, One of the big ones I started with was Land for Good. Um, Joe Barrett, she's helped me out immensely. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Moff has helped me out a lot. I'm actually in their Journey Person program. Yeah. You know, we get a Farm Beginnings course. Um, United Farmer Veteran Coalition, which is part of the Beginning Farmer Resource Network, has been great for pooling veterans and other like-minded guys around mm-hmm. and giving us a hub to work with and sharing resources. Um, and when I, when I, before all three of those, I started with a cooperative extension at the University of Maine. And they actually had like a eight-week, ten-week, a do-it-your-own tutorial course you could take. And that was great. And I actually thought that that's what the Beginning Farmer Resource Network mm-hmm. was. And, you know, it's quite a while ago. Um, and there's oh, – way more opportunities out there than that. Um, I found there was no shortage of help. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, I've just tried to capitalize on everything I could. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when I took that initial course with the cooperative extension, there was so much information that wasn't relative to me at the time. When I first started out, I was homesteading and I had no intentions of being a business. We were just doing stuff for fun. It was kind of like, oh, how do I grow a better tomato or how do I grow pigs better? You know, the the, the kind of technician side of it. So when it came to taxes and land and all these issues, they were weren't a concern of mine at all. Um, As I grew in my farming career, you know, when I was looking for, um, say, new land, um, that's when I met Joe Barrett, and she was instrumental in helping me get set up, looking at land leasing options, um, negotiating with other landowners, and Mm -hmm. just kind of introduced me to things. I mean, she's one who introduced me to uh, the Journey Person program. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm not certified organic. I probably don't need to go down that route. Once I got into it, I found a whole world of tools I didn't realize I'd need. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, there's just a ton of resources out there that um, I never realized were all as a big consortium of the Beginning Farmer Resource Network, but mm-hmm. they've all been there as a beginning farmer that I've taken advantage of. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Um, and you had mentioned not coming from a background in, in <laughs> agriculture. <No>. So um, <laughs> I think when we were growing up and I was like a little kid, my mom had um, hot pepper plants in the yeah. small garden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's the extent of it. Like a couple like raised beds, but it was, uh, yeah, no farming at all. No one really, a couple uh-huh. of gardens, everyone kind of had gardens as families, but yeah. um, no, I think we got, when I got back out of the military, I was just reading like some Mother Earth News catalogs and I was like, oh, let's mm-hmm. get some honeybees. Those sound kind of cool. Yeah. And we'll get a couple chickens and we'll have a garden. And before you know it, we're doing like everything under the sun and <laughs> going crazy with it, but it's been a blast. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great. Um, so in terms of kind of how the network functions and everything, um, really it's about sharing these resources with, with people that uh, are looking for help. And I'm curious, is there are there qualifications that someone needs to have to access any of these resources? Or if someone just has a question, they can make a phone call? And Yeah, we really function on the philosophy of no wrong door. Yeah. Uh, so in addition to really focusing on professional development for the leadership council members, uh, our goal is that no matter which one of us someone approaches first when they're entering this field, uh, they will get the same quality experience of mm-hmm. who they need to talk to about what. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter if you have no experience at all and you're coming into this as a brand new career, or perhaps you're at year five or seven and you're thinking about making a transition and you're not really sure who you need to talk to. Talk to any of us and we'll get you what you need. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, Randy. I had a question for that, Tori. Like, mm-hmm. So what if somebody was coming into just as a hobby farm? And I never considered this before. Like I know like the Journey Person program. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have, I think, what is it, like two years experience first mm-hmm. and you have to own land or have a lease, some type of, you know, because it's really more geared towards that business side of it, of being a profitable farm. Definitely. Um, but it seems like when I first started out, like that, uh, the cooperative extension, United Farm Veteran Coalition, um, it just seemed like there was opportunities, even if it wasn't necessarily with a business focus. Yeah, there are opportunities for everyone along the spectrum from hobby or part time mm-hmm. all the way through full time. This is my sole career. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly some of our programs are specific and have sure. requirements for background and education or something like that. But for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, any one of these agencies or professionals is an appropriate resource to tap. Nice. Yeah, and then, Tom, on the NRCS side of things, is there, um, for some of the more technical services and the financial assistance, I imagine, there is a bit of protocol that people would have to go through. There is, and the great thing about uh, being part of BFRN is we're reaching people that we really wouldn't reach if we weren't part of this network. Um, Mm -hmm. A few years ago, we put out a call throughout Maine for conservation innovation grants, and this is just basically funds that people could use to come up with innovative ideas to increase uh, agriculture in Maine. And the year before, we didn't get any. Even though we we put out our um, releases, we didn't get any uh, any applicants. 
I put it through Tory and the BFRN, and we ended up getting 30 applicants. We could only choose five, but it was just a, a great, great way for us to uh-huh. uh, help spread and help people know about our information. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so much information out there, especially with the federal government. It can get a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the more people we can uh, help let them know what we have or conversely, I will let somebody know what the extension has or what United Farmer Veterans has. It's, it's a great, great resource. Mm-hmm. And then within um, – sorry, Randy. Oh, you? no, I was just going to comment on that actually. That same thing that from at least from my perspective, what I've seen starting out is that there's almost – not too much information, but it's overwhelming mm. at times because there's been so much stuff out there that – like the land for good stuff. Like until I was actually looking for land, it was kind of irrelevant. I was like, oh, this sounds like a nifty little program, but I don't have any land, so I don't really care about it. But there was more to it once I got into it. Kind of like the Journey Person program. I was like, oh, this sounds kind of nifty. Maybe there would be some good things, but I wasn't in a place to receive it. Or even or I guess the cooperative extension when I did that stuff, they just talking about taxes and I'm like, ah, I'm not going down that route. I mean there's so much there, but not ever like I haven't always been in a position to where I'm receptive to it. Uh, and I just started working with NRCS uh, just recently, just uh, last fall, and there was so much. I didn't realize how many things they could do for me with like, the conservation stuff and uh, possible uh, loans for getting the farm built the way that I want it and some grants for like high tunnels and things like that. But there was so much to like – to actually be able to sit down with somebody and go through it, that was super eye-opening. But at first glance, it was like, oh, there's just so – there's too much. It's like trying to drink from a water fountain. <laughs> You're right. Hydrant, you know? yeah. it, it is incredibly overwhelming, yeah. the amount. And we – most people come to the Farm Service Agency first before they yeah. go to NRCS. Mm-hmm. But when they come to us, I there's certain things I will push off to a BFRN mm-hmm. partner. Just a few weeks ago, I had a gentleman come into my office and he was interested in starting farming. Mm-hmm. He was a veteran, yep. getting ready to retire. And he was just interested in some USDA programs. But the more I talked to him, I said, have you even thought about United Farmer Veterans? Right. You know, they can provide you certain things that we can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great resource. So I actually turned him right on to the BFRN. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> again, that is what I like about the BFRN. There's things that I can't provide, the federal government, the state can't provide. But other people can, and there's so much information we wouldn't know what's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Um, and then I just, Tom, I just wanted to ask within the NRCS services, you mentioned uh, the conservation innovation grants, but also it seems what I tend to hear a lot of are the, the cost share programs, which some of the financial assistance for people getting different infrastructure set up on farms. Exactly. And everything that we do has to address a resource concern. Okay. So when someone comes to our agency, we generally uh, develop a conservation plan. Mm-hmm. So someone will go out to your farm, mm-hmm. um, you know, and Randy, you can you can talk to this too. Mm-hmm. They go out to the farm, they look to see what the resource concern is, whether it's erosion, whether it might be an energy concern, or maybe you have cattle going through a high usage area that's just eroding into a stream. Mm-hmm. What we can do is then develop a plan, and if they do decide to actually do a um, some sort of a mitigation to that, we can help provide a certain amount of cost mm-hmm. of that cost. It's all voluntary, yeah. Though, so even if somebody does come out and do a conservation plan, it doesn't necessarily mean they have to do it. Okay, they don't have to go out and um, do anything. That's that's why I actually came to NRCS was because of the voluntary aspect from USDA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Good. having that was super helpful. We just had them come out last fall because my plan was to get a, a large greenhouse set up. And what we've got with our, our pigs, they're a pastured pig on ro- a rotational system through paddocks. And when they came out where we wanted to put the greenhouse, they said, nope, it's a wetland. You can't put a greenhouse up here. And it didn't look like that much of a wetland. A few red maples and it was pretty close to the driveway. There's some gravel, but it was just enough where they said, nope. And everywhere we looked at was either there was an issue with running irrigation lines or ledge or you know, there's all these pros and cons to it. But I spent about two hours with them just going over the property, weighing all the best and worst locations. So the original things I had in my mind for plans, they instantly vetoed pretty quick. <laughs> and then but the alternatives, you know, they gave me but it gave me a plan like, okay, let's they gave me a reality to work with. You know, it's like, okay, well I can't have the greenhouse here, but maybe I could run my animals through a different way or route things differently. And it just saves so much time. Because you know, mm-hmm. if I'd spent six months just planning on paper, getting all excited and setting an expectation for myself and then find out down the road like, oh you can't do this, you know, I just uh 
diverted that right off the bat by having them come out. And it was super generous with their time. It was awesome. Yeah, and the end result is definitely to make sure that the resources, Mm -hmm. uh, the concerns are met. So we're not not putting too much fertilizer into a stream or we're not eroding a hillside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was worthwhile, definitely. I'd recommend it. Great. Um, And then there was one thing, Tori, I wanted to ask you just a bit because – I should mention that we were originally supposed to have this show back in January, and we got <laughs> snowed out. Uh, and prior to that, the show was right before the uh, the main agricultural trade show, yes, which was held in Augusta. And I know that um, I believe the BF. BFRN had kind of its first annual conference at the trade show. Is that correct? We did. Uh, So typically at the trade show, we offer a series of workshops um, throughout two of the three days. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a a networking room all three days so people can come in and and chat or get referrals or uh, whatever they want to do. But this year we decided to take a bit of a different tack and actually uh, formalize our program a little bit more. And we did a half-day beginning farmer conference. Uh, We believe it's the first beginning farmer conference that's been held in Maine. Um, and it was great. Um, we had a, an excellent guest speaker, um, Lucy Amundsen from Locally Laid Farm out near Duluth, okay. originally a Mainer. Yeah. And she gave an overview of what it was like to get her farm started. And she's also very entertaining. So that was a, a great bonus. Uh, we had a, a wonderful panel um, with uh, different service providers and a series of workshops uh, all afternoon and a few the next day on things like how to develop a specialty food product, uh, how to get started with QuickBooks, mm-hmm. um, leasing, all of the things that tend to be really um at the forefront of most uh, beginning farmers' minds. And I should say that um, we define beginning farmer um, based on the USDA definition, which is anyone who's been farming for 10 years or less. Mm -hmm. So it really applies to a a pretty wide swath of of farmers in Maine. Okay. Great. And is that something that would be continue annually or? I think so. I know you're always present at the trade show. We are. And I think we always will be. We've actually, uh, we'll be proposing this at our meeting next week, but we're we're hoping to maybe scale that up a little bit next year. Okay. Uh, It worked worked really well. Okay. And then um, in terms of some of that programming, are there other... Uh, other events, I guess, that you would be present at in a similar way? or We started out by offering things at many of the larger agricultural events around the state. And I think because we operate really sort of on an at-will basis, you know, people are volunteering their time or are using this as part of the jobs that they already do, mm-hmm. it became a little bit difficult to roll out more formalized programming at all of those events. Yeah. Uh, so we've moved to a bit of a streamlined format where we've got a, a one-page handout that lists all of the members of the Leadership Council and our website, um, which are really is really the resource that's available all the time and is always changing. And we keep that uh, out at all of the, the tables or displays or workshops that are happening at all of our member events throughout the year. And usually there's someone there who people can talk to and, and get that one-on-one experience. Um, but as far as, you know, formal workshops, those are really uh, primarily at the trade show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say looking at the, the members of the Leadership Council, I mean, I know that the majority of these organizations are all holding events or educational opportunities of their own. Um, yep. MOFCA is is part of that council, Um and I know that they're regularly referring to the BFRN for resources for beginning farmers. So Definitely. Um, we have a great relationship. Ryan Dennett um, is a fantastic resource, and mm-hmm. she's at every meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. And I know that in terms of you know, cooperative extension and the larger is, is uh, all, all throughout the state, as is NRCS. So, um, so it's great to have resources and opportunities for folks there. Um, so, Randy, just to kind of ask you back again and thinking about the early steps um, is uh, I think you mentioned some of the different resources that you mm-hmm. accessed. But I think if um, just to kind of use you as an mm-hmm. example for someone sure. listening that may want to <laughs> is thinking about this, uh, maybe just a couple thoughts on maybe what your first steps were mm-hmm. and maybe what your first steps should have been. Yeah, you know, yeah. honestly um, – when I feel like when people are first starting, at least for me, not having really much background, I was really big into the technician side of it. I just want to know how to take care of the animals better. There was this huge gap. Um, and I also feel that that's the 
most well-covered thing in all these organizations. Like there's mm-hmm. tons of classes you can find almost anywhere. Everything on YouTube is all in, in Mofka and the United Farmer Veteran Coalition. Everyone's got class on like how to build a better greenhouse or whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super common. Um, it's taken me about seven years, eight years of doing this. Um, and it wasn't until I went through the journey person program where they had a, um, a class on like your holistic goal mm-hmm. and trying to find that balance and really goal setting. Yeah, And I, th- I feel that a lot of people, um, a lot of farmers I know, they're not um, honest with themselves about what their intentions are. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of have a clear goal where you want to go, if you, if you say to yourself, I just want to be a hobby farmer, I just want to be a homestead, I just want to break even on my costs, like, great, you can tailor your setup for that. But what I see a lot of times people say, well, I'm going to go into farming as a livelihood and they have like six chickens. <laughs> like, you know, there's there's a reality at some point between, you know, um, what you want and your actions have to reflect that. Um, so I think maybe in the beginning um, and maybe uh, something for Tori maybe as an idea, like having all these providers together is good. But I think if I kind of had um, maybe a sheet that kind of laid out like potential paths. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to be strictly a wholesaler or you want to be just strictly into special, maybe you have a bakery and you want to grow all your own ingredients, have a little bakery, um, you have a specialty item, here's probably the resources you want. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, like there's a lot of great things, but I didn't need the land for good until I actually need to find new land, sure. you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And that was definitely for me. Um, but it kind of can, what, uh, what was the other one? Um, Brian Wilson with USDA's mm-hmm. Rural Development. Um, I talked with him at one point and was looking at going through the grant process for the um, oh, value-added grant. Uh, I think value it was the, added, yeah. Yeah, the value-added, which was extensive and long. And it was, you know, the the route that it would take for it for all the materials was not what I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's once I got into it, I was, got all excited. I'm like, oh, I get $50,000 grant to get all this packaging of materials. But it really wasn't the route that I wanted to go. You know, okay. So it was good that the resources are there, but I think having more of a grassroots kind of, I don't know, heart to heart with people about like, what do you really yeah. want to get out of this? All right. You know, mm-hmm. it would be beneficial. Great. Great. Um, well, I'm going to take a minute just to remind folks that you are tuned in to WERU and this is Common Ground Radio. And we're talking about the Beginning Farmer Resource Network uh, here in the state of Maine and have a few guests in the studio but also want to remind listeners that it is uh, the quarterly fundraising week here at WERU. So at this point, we're going to head back over into the other studio. Looks like we have Amy and Matt ready to uh, to give us a few words here. That's right, 1-800-643-6273. We just want to keep the phones ringing, and it's hard to do that when you're hosting a public affairs show to say, go to the phones, don't listen to my guests. So. We're going to give you a break so you can go to the phones while the guests aren't talking about all this interesting, important information. Absolutely. Support the programming that you value, that uh, you listen to, because it, it uh, you learn something. You're inspired. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Common Ground, Talk of the Towns, uh, Democracy Forum, all, all these programs like that really, you know, educate, inspire, uh, entertain, and they happen because of your support. I'm willing to venture a guess that a lot of the listeners out there have actually been on one of these shows, too. So, you know, that's the other thing is this: these programs give you access. There aren't a lot of places where you can just call up and say, hey, I'd really like to come in and talk about my program. And one of your neighbors, a volunteer host, will check it out and, you know, maybe invite you in to do an hour-long call-in show about the program that you're working on. That access to the airwaves and being interviewed by people who are knowledgeable in their field, who are our volunteers who are here at WERU on their own time is so important and it's made possible with your support. The microphone is open through the phone on a lot of our programs, whether it's uh, uh, on the soapbox, on uh, uh, Family Corner, on Common Ground like we're doing right now. Right, and he's going to take calls after after this quick break. So we're going to send it back over to CJ in a second, And uh, but we want to let people know this is one of the last breaks that we have for public affairs. Uh, we'll have another one this afternoon, and then we're going to do our drawing at 5 o'clock this afternoon for everyone. And we've had some generous people pledging during this week and also a generous person, anonymous person who did a matching uh, pledge. Everyone who calls in during this hour, so you have until 11, 
or from 4 to 5 today will be added to this list, and we'll be having a drawing at 5 o'clock for Dark Money, the Hidden History of the Billionaires Behind the Rise of the Radical Right by award-winning author Jane Mayer. So get your name in the watering can for that. Call 469-6600 or 1-800-643-6273. And we thank you. Yeah, and we especially need some new members, too. Just real quick before we go back over to CJ in the other studio, we are... Uh, the amount to go on our pledge drive goal is infinity. So, but that is, do we have an announcement to make here? Yes. Uh, looks uh, like we, we do. We, that we, just we reached the, uh, exceeded the $15,000 goal. Financial uh, goal. Financial goal thank during you, Highway 61. And thank you, thank you for a big morning on Morning Main and Highway 61. So we've raised $15,533. Yes, indeed. Awesome. Thank you, everyone out there. And it's certainly being the first quarter of the year, we certainly need to, uh, um, do as much as we can uh, between now and the end of the coffee house tomorrow. Right, so keep it coming. Keep it coming in. It uh, it's really important. Forty three new members so far, so we have fifty seven to go. So and people, if you're listening, that is very important. So if you've uh, listened but haven't donated, WERU, now's the time. Eight hundred six four three six two seven three or four six nine sixty six hundred. Make a donation in whatever amount works for you and become a new member. Thank you. And now back over to CJ. Okay. Well, welcome back to Common Ground Radio, and thanks for the uh, the support of the station to all of our listeners and the pitch there by Matt and Amy. Um, so today on Common Ground, we are talking about the Beginning Farmer Resource Network. My guests in the studio today are Tori Jackson from Maine Cooperative Extension, Tom Kilbasa from the USDA NRCS, which is Natural Resources Conservation Service, and Randy Kinnar from Souter Station Farm in Winterport. Um, and for the remainder of the show, uh, we'll look to take some calls. So we'll look to open up the phone line here, uh, direct into us with the studio if anyone has any comments or questions for any of our guests about today's topic. Maybe there are some beginning farmers out there that are curious about accessing some resources. Um, and the line, the studio line to get in here for the Common Ground Show is 469-0500, but also the toll-free call-in number is one 625 9378 And you can call in and, and we'll gladly take comments or questions. So... Um, Back to our discussion, we were just talking, Randy was mentioning when he was starting out, kind of figuring out the different routes or pathways to take, um, and it seemed like, Tori, you had some some thoughts in mind in response to that. Yeah, Randy was mentioning that it would have been helpful to have maybe a bit more of a, a tailored mm-hmm. uh, set of referrals or a list of resources when he first started out, and so that's actually something I spend a lot of time doing myself um, with one-on-one consultations with new and beginning farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a questionnaire that we go through precisely to get at the ultimate goal of, you know, whether it's a hobby operation or a full-time eventually to replace all of your off-farm income. Uh, we go through a five-page questionnaire together. It usually takes about three hours. Um, and I'll do that at my office or any of the county extension offices, as will um, many of my colleagues will offer that same opportunity. So if there are people who really aren't sure where they need to start, uh, talk to your local cooperative extension office. I wish I'd known that a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> that would <been> handy. <laughs> and despite whatever's out there, I think it's good like for everyone just to take uh, – well, maybe part of my personality. Like I like to kind of drink from the fountain and mm-hmm. just take everything in because you're only going to grab a few things and there might be something – I can always go back and say like, mm-hmm. hmm, I think we covered something interesting about taxes, maybe corporations. Maybe I should go revisit that. At least I can know where to go look for the resource. Sure. But that's good to know. Nice. Right. Um, and I just received a note. It looks like there is someone that called in as a new business member. Away Happens from Vinyl Haven. Um, and it seems like a supporter since the uh, – a member since the old days in the hen house is what seems to be on the note here. So thanks for calling in for support during Common Ground, uh, Common Ground Radio. Um, okay, so some of the um, – I think I asked a little bit before, but if someone is looking to – access some of the services do you find um through the website is maybe the best resource for people the website is a great place to start um you can find that it is hosted by uh, cooperative extension Uh, so googling will get you there beginning farmer resource network of maine 
the URL is extension.umaine.edu slash beginning farmer resource network. <laughs> kind of a long one. A little uh, long, yeah. So, but Google will get you there. And it's a great kind of one-stop shop to find out who you should maybe be talking to next. Um, we've also got information there about events that are upcoming around the state, mm-hmm. um, announcements, uh, lots of trainings and deadlines for signing up for different programs are found there as well. Okay. Um, I also wanted to point out we don't just talk about technical assistance. Um, one thing that we found in working with each other is that a place that we were lacking as uh, service providers was being able to support farm relationships. Uh, so we have another, again, a SARE-funded project to help uh, ag service providers be more of a resource for people on farms who are maybe dealing with issues, whether they're related to um, interpersonal issues with a couple or a farm owner and their employees or potentially a buyer, uh, your customers, just how to really navigate that in a way that doesn't ultimately lead to the end of your farm. Uh, We found that was a really big issue and there were very few of us who felt comfortable kind of wading into those conversations. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we've had a great project going on for a few years and we hope to extend that into the future. I think that's a really good idea. <laughs> you get a lot of I see a lot of folks too. They like you know they just want to stay on the farm and they don't want to do anything. And it's like well maybe you should look into just doing wholesale. Like exactly. Maybe direct marketing at the market isn't for you, or maybe you shouldn't develop a YouTube channel. Like <laughs> you know like play to your strengths definitely. And sometimes it takes sitting down with somebody and like having someone point out like hey uh, you're in the wrong wheelhouse. Try something different. It's great. And it does seem like these days it takes takes more than one just just one person to keep the business afloat and keep things going. So Absolutely, the interpersonal skills seem like they would be pretty crucial, um, especially not keeping staff happy. Only only staff happy, but customers happy as well. Yep, you can't have a farm business without your customer. So <laughs> be... want to treat them right. Okay, great. Um, so within some tour, you had mentioned that. You would work with someone coming in in that question, that kind of questionnaire process. Mm-hmm. Um, are you kind of like the lead, maybe the lead or the filter for the other folks, or is that part be. of what you do, just extension wise? Uh, well, so both. Okay. Um, I do chair the network, but um, this is also a big part of uh, my regular job. Um, I do this as part of you know my my county work, and there are also colleagues who don't necessarily have the same background, so I'll uh, work with them. We're working right now on a professional development where um, hopefully everyone in the state will have a baseline knowledge enough to do the one-on-one consultation on their mm-hmm. own. Okay. And, you know, kind of begin that relationship with a farmer and help them, you know, with their next step. And that may be a referral to someone else, but it might just be really good to sit down and talk through your plan. And we want to be able to offer that no matter where you are in the state. Okay, great. Great. Um, and I'll just remind listeners that we are taking any phone calls for questions or comments, and the number right into the studio is 469-0500, and we're talking about the Beginning Farmer Resource Network. Um, so we've kind of – something I want to ask is about – it seems like things have been successful, but are there a few maybe like – shining gems in the success of the network over time or something that would really kind of highlight the work that you do um, within the broader network? Or is it just the fact that there's so many resources available and people are just coming from all sorts of different directions that you know things are things are going well by the amount of traffic you have at your events? Well, the timing of this question is uh, interesting. We're actually doing an impact uh, survey right now okay. <laughs> of all of the members who have ever been involved uh, because we're hoping to capture that. Yeah. Uh, we are not a funded entity in any way. It did become uh, come into existence because of a grant um, back in 2012, but Right now, there's no real money behind this, Mm -hmm. but we're still interested in what are the impacts beyond our own professional development. Um, I think for me, the professional development piece has been probably that shining star. It really has changed my career for the better, and I think that's true for a lot of our members. Uh, Of course, ultimately, the goal is for more successful farms. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lot of acreage in the state that is currently and about to change hands. And we want to make sure that the folks who are getting onto that land are going to have the best shot at success and being a successful part of the main food system as possible. Okay, great, great. Um, And then what about some of the challenge side of things? I imagine there's got to be some challenges for sure. 
You guys are all kind of looking at each other. <laughs> well, a, a challenge because we are a loose network is that we don't necessarily have a, a fiscal sponsor. Yeah. So if we do want to collaborate on something where we need to charge money, mm-hmm. um, we've got to say, okay, who's going to do that? Because it won't be BFRN. Yeah. We don't function that way. Um, so, you know, the website is hosted on extension because we could do that without paying someone else. Mm-hmm. But if we want to go for a grant, we've got to find a way to collaborate where someone can take that lead. Yeah. Um, so far, it's it's worked out great. Yeah. Uh, but it's you have to come at it a little bit differently uh, rather than just saying, okay, BFRN is going to try to do this. We've got to really collaborate and work together and find a way to, to make that work. So that can be a challenge. Okay. Are there Are there kind of financial needs within the network to really focus on a program or is it more – an individual, um, one of the individual organizations would kind of put out a grant proposal to try to bring in funding to reach some of their own goals, but also knowing that it's a, a broader picture. I think for the most part, it's that programming that we're trying to offer as a group. So things that we offer at the Ag Trade Show, for example, where yeah. we're really under the BFRN uh, umbrella, that's where we've really got to make some decisions. But for the most part, we are really saying, okay, if we're going to do a project on conservation that obviously lives in the NRCS world, let's focus on them. Or if we're going to focus on, you know, organic agriculture, obviously we're going to put all of our energy towards MAFCA. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just figuring out who has the, the expertise within the areas. Exactly. Great. Great. Um, so... Um, kind of success and challenges. It seems like it's really just a, a, a resource of educational opportunities to kind of get people going in, in the right directions. Um, Tom, yeah, do you have something? Yeah, you know, and I'll add, CJ, it's not just resources for the farmers, the beginning farmers. Uh, with BFRN, it's also the resources for the service providers like USDA. I attended that SARE grant um, communications class that was given. And I wouldn't have found out about that if I wasn't part of mm-hmm. BFRN. And we're actually looking now to for USDA to have that um, communications, interpersonal communications class provided to all the USDA employees in Maine. You know, we're not perfect, yeah. <laughs> especially when we try and get out there and communicate. We might not communicate with a, a farmer or landowner in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. So, Hopefully, this interpersonal communications class, uh, if we can do that next fall, this will help us provide a better service to everyone that we deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. I will say also on that note, just with the Beginner Farmer Resource Network, that as far as an industry goes for farming, like there is a ridiculous amount of information out there and resources, even though, you know, you sound like sometimes it's kind of struggling and like mm-hmm. trying to get everything together. Like when you look at other industries, like I got a small construction business on the side, you know, I get about half my income from the farm and there's stuff out there, but it's generally like a journey person or trades or uh, you're working for somebody. There isn't like this massive hub of both governmental, nonprofit and private industry that have come together to get people off the ground and make them successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's some super unique. And it seems, I don't know how it is in other states, but at least here in Maine, like I've got more resources at my fingertips if I choose to go after them than I think most people have anywhere. Yeah, um, Maine is a great place to be starting a farm for so many reasons. And there are yeah. lots of resources out there, service providers and support mm-hmm. and peers to connect with. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it turns out it is fairly unique for us all to work together. Um, <laughs> when I travel outside the state of Maine and talk to colleagues who uh, are in a similar situation, they cannot believe that we all sit around the same table and don't <laughs> argue. <laughs> and it's not like there's a seems like everyone's working towards a common goal. It's exactly. not like competition or you're taking business away from one, one another. Really. Exactly. seems like the, the missions and the, and the end goals are all pretty similar. Yeah, you, Tom. you know, and that's where this loose structure we have with BFRN really, really makes this, this happen. It's, it's not like USDA where we're a line and staff organization. We have strict policies we have to follow sometimes, even with communications. Mm-hmm. But with BFRN, we don't necessarily have to do that. I can call up Tori or I can call up uh, Don Todd at United Farmer Veterans mm-hmm. and ask a question or or uh, refer someone. So that that's this is really where I like dealing with BFRN is that w- I believe we get so much more done 
with the way we're structured than if we were, we did have uh, more of a, a, a policy and more of a, uh, you know, like protocol. Protocol, yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. yeah. yeah, we may all have internal red tape, but there really isn't any amongst us, which is great. <laughs> and so that seems like it would free up um, or make available maybe faster response time or um, or quicker resources for the people that are looking for help. Yeah, I think that's true. Okay. Um, so in terms of kind of looking towards the future – are there, uh, you did mention the impact survey mm-hmm. that you were just undergoing, but in terms of um, moving ahead, are there kind of broader goals for the future or just continuing to do the great work along the way? I think the combination of having the results of this impact assessment uh, with uh, the results of the current uh, ag census that's mm-hmm. happening right now, you know, everything right now we're based on. 2012 numbers, which almost are meaningless at this point. Uh, So we're really excited for uh, the data that is more current. Mm -hmm. Uh, That will absolutely inform how we move forward. And I think the thing that I'm most excited about is, you know, potentially raising the profile of the Beginning Farmer Conference uh, starting at the 2019 Ag Trade Show. Okay. Okay. And is the new census data, is that, is there any prediction on when that information will be released? Well, so technically uh, it is closed, although they're putting uh, in some sort of last-ditch effort to get more farmers to complete that. It's such an incredibly important thing for people to do. Mm-hmm. Our colleague Gary Keogh at NAS, based in uh, New Hampshire, is such a key partner uh, for us at BFRN. And uh, he's really pounding the pavement right now, trying to get people to answer that survey. Everything, all of our funding, all of the decisions that we make going forward are almost entirely based on uh, what that ag census data tells us. Mm -hmm. So if we're not capturing the whole picture, we're really missing out. And that, you know, in terms of services and dollars in the main farm bill, uh, all of that ties directly back to the ag census. Uh, okay. So if you haven't responded yet, please do. You've still got a little bit more time. <laughs> All right. Um, good data collection. Yes. To keep things moving forward. Um, okay. Well, uh, I'll remind listeners, this is Common Ground Radio. We're talking about the Beginning Farmer Resource Network with a few, uh, couple service providers and farmer in the room here with us this morning. Any comments or questions, feel free to call in. The studio line uh, direct in here is 469-0500, and we welcome any calls um, or comments. So um, I think, Randy, I was going to jump over to you and think about kind of you've talked about the past seven or eight years, I mm-hmm. believe, you said farming, and I'm curious about you looking forward. Or mm-hmm. Do you have – I'm sure you have plans for the future. It looks yeah. like it. Um, plans for the future, but being able to utilize these resources to, to accomplish those goals. Yeah. You know, uh, at this point, you know, I, th- I talked a little bit earlier about like the holistic goal mm-hmm. where you want to be. Um, and more often the last couple of years, I've thought more and more about what I want my farm to look like when I'm retired, yep. you know, and how can I create that now? Like kind of, how can I work less, <laughs> you know, and like, how can I build systems now while I'm still young and able um, so that I, I'm able when I'm older to still be doing stuff and still create some wealth on my property. Um, so a lot of it's more long-term planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, like me and Tom were talking earlier, I got a hold of NRCS and started looking at what can I do long-term. My original goals for the greenhouse, I was like, oh, well, let's scratch that and let's just take a step back. Maybe we'll do a forest management plan. We'll do longer scale planning. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, uh, I'm working with the United Farmer Veteran Coalition. Yeah. And they're a growing organization, which is great. Mm. Um, Land for Good, still in touch with Joe Barrett. Um, The NRCS, I'm looking to work with much more because we're doing much longer projects for the future. Um, And there's a lot of stuff in the Beginner Farmer Resource Network that I just haven't tapped into yet. Like I mentioned, the USDA, where the Brian Wilson before. Mm -hmm. Um, Depending on what level I want to scale up to, you know, it might be worth researching that again. or credit as I grow and I actually get to get loans is like the uh, farm uh, farm credit east. Sure. They loan a lot of people. I mean, there's so many things that I haven't even tapped into because they haven't quite been relevant yet. Yeah. But they're there for me if depending on which route I want to go. Yeah. 
that it's almost like I don't even know what's there. I don't even know what I don't you know don't yeah. know what I don't know just yet because it depends on where I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm still planning, um, but it's nice to know that there are, is more there for me. I haven't tapped it all out yet. Yeah. And that that's actually a really great point to make. Is yes, we're called the Beginning Farmer Resource Network. <laughs> uh, however, uh, virtually all of the resources and entities involved are really applicable to anyone at any point in their farming career. So even if you feel like you're not a beginning farmer, you don't fall within that USDA definition of 10 years or less, there's definitely something here for you. And, you know, we're open to working with anyone in Mm -hmm. the agricultural or or food system industry. So uh, that's a really great point. Yeah, and I think I'm glad that we just made that point. So we don't want to turn anyone that's in their 11th year of farming <laughs> thinking like the doors are <laughs> cut off. Not at all. And our goal is to get you to that point. We're not going to leave you hanging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and continued continued assistance along the way. Um, I do want to uh, thank uh, a renewal. I just got a note in. We have a renewal. Margaret from Orland um, says that she loves the pub- the public affairs programs, and Amy does a wonderful job, and she also loves jazz. So, Margaret from Orland, thank you for calling in with your with your renewal today. Nice. Amy seems to be saying thank you there <laughs> through, the, through the other side of the looking glass. Um, we're getting into the kind of final minutes of our show here today um, here on Common Ground Radio. And I just quickly wanted to ask because um, kind of looking through the Leadership Council, there, there are a lot of kind of state or federal agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some nonprofits. Uh, but it also looks like there are some what are maybe more private businesses that often a- that offer agricultural assistance. Yeah, they tend to be fewer. Um, okay. We really are hoping uh, to work with people whose primary goal is to work with beginning farmers. Uh, that tends to be less of the uh, for-profit industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, there are many partners uh, who we work with who maybe aren't full-fledged members. Uh, but we tap into very frequently. Uh, a good example, someone I bring in for educational purposes all the time, is uh, Austin Associates in Auburn. Uh, they're a CPA firm uh, that has expertise in working with agriculture. Yep. Um, so while they may not be a member, um, they're still a resource that we work with very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're maybe concerned about not seeing other people on here, don't worry. They're still kind of within our our universe. Yeah. And it look, just by looking at the sheet in front of me here, you'd you would uh, you need a lot more paper to, <laughs> to probably add yes. everybody. It's a, it's a pretty full list here. Um, it in, is in a it's, smaller font. It's amazing the resources. One of the things that you know that might be kind of handy for that, depending on how you do this. Um, when I first started, I was sometimes it'd just be helpful talking to somebody. Because I know I'm starting to teach classes like at Hamden Adult Ed for mm-hmm. people that want to raise backyard pigs, little small groups, and it's like sometimes um, as a beginner farmer pretty recently, you just want to go meet somebody and just hit them with a whole bunch of questions and yep. just kind of straighten things out really quick. Um, so I don't, know if you have, I don't know if you have partner farms that are actually like representative, like work in a mentorship capacity with BRFN. So not formally, uh, mm-hmm. but yes, I, I think we all know farmers that mm-hmm. we could refer people to if there right. are questions. It's, it's not formalized or on the website, but mm-hmm. if someone says, I really want to know more about the cut flower business, that's not, not my expertise, mm-hmm. but I can tell you exactly who is. Great. All right. Well, we're coming right up to the final seconds of the show here, Common Ground Radio. Um, We're talking about the Beginning Farmer Resource Network. And my guests today have been Tori Jackson from Cooperative Extension and Tom Kilbasa from NRCS, as well as Randy Kinnar from Souter Station Farm in Mm -hmm. Winterport. I really want to thank you guys for coming in today. Um, Thanking everyone for tuning in to Common Ground. And remember to continue to support WERU. Give a lot, give a little, so to speak. And thanks to Amy for engineering the show. And stay tuned for On the Wing.